This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Now we're certainly uh, talking 27 minutes after 12 o'clock so in traffic at time. Uh, perhaps let's uh, move on to one of our other conversations uh, that uh, we have lined up for you in this uh, particular hour. And I'm trying to find it here. Uh, of course, we're juggling between several conversations uh, in the uh, first hour. But uh, it's been a year since the Global Watchdog, the Finan- Financial Action Task Force, put South Africa on a grey list for failing to meet international standards with regards to anti-money laundering, combating the financing of terrorism and um, the proliferation as well of financing and what progress has been made since then by the government and regulatory bodies to get the country off that particular list. In fact, I saw a report that was speaking about the country wanting to be off that list by next year. Perhaps Director of Risk and Compliance at uh, DocVox, uh, Hawken McEwen can help us make sense of it all. Hawken, a very good afternoon to you thanks very much for joining us good afternoon thanks for having me perhaps let's get into it and start here how has this you know gray listing in terms of south africa you know changed the world perception on us as a country or perhaps even any has it actually changed how how the globe is looking at us currently Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest challenges is reputational damage. Mm. So really, the rest of the world are seeing us as as higher risk, riskier to do business with, you know, before they invest with us or do business, they're going to think, how safe is my money? How safe is my is my business? Um, And so that's going to result certainly in them doing more checks on us, additional due diligence, and that's going to take more time, more resources, and more cost. So we're really going to see other people wanting to do business with us, looking extra closely um, and and making us jump through a few more hoops before they send their money to us. Mm. What still needs to be done by South Africa to try and get off this list? Um, And is it possible, uh, I was saying that, you know, the time frame or the desired time for us to get off the list is 2025. So that's next year. What still needs to be done in your assessment? It's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a lot has happened so far. I mean, the most impactful change is broadening the reach of Financial Intelligence Centre Act, or FICA as we know it, to a number of different companies and, and, and entities such as credit providers, um, high value goods dealers. The challenge we've got is that these are companies that have never had to do FICA before. So there's still a huge amount of education that has to happen in that world before they then can put in their processes and controls and their reporting requirements to, to comply with FICA. And that's one of the key things that the Financial Action Task Force are looking to see is basically a broader coverage for these anti-money laundering controls. Mm. So I think until the guys on the front line actually get up to speed, we're still going to be challenged. Um, on top of that, one of the things that FATF were very keen to see was a more consistent and sustained effort in terms of prosecution and asset forfeiture. Um, I'm sure you're aware there's been an awful lot of headlines, but mm. the number of people behind bars um, you know, isn't perhaps where we'd like it to be. Although asset forfeiture is improving, the FIC is certainly doing a lot of work to communicate with more prosecuting bodies, with the courts, with SAPs, with the Hawks, 
to really try and push that and get better, more sustained prosecutions. Sure. There's an aspect or two that I still want to discuss with you, but I'll ask that you just hold on while we take uh, the 12.30 news headlines. That's, of course, the Director of Risk and Compliance at DocFox, Hawken McEwen. It's 12.30. Weekdays, 12 to 3 p.m. This is Power Lunch on Power 98.7. Now we are talking. We're still in conversation this afternoon with Director of Risk and Compliance at DocFox, uh, Hawken McEwen, of course, speaking about uh, the um, you know uh, placing on the grey list uh, of South Africa. It's been a year since that particular decision uh, was taken by the watchdog, the Financial Action Task Force. And of course, uh, Hawken, you were still taking us through some of what still needs to be done. But I want to then understand here the role of intelligence in all of this, because one of the issues that um, they said we must address was looking at who do we do business with. So um, do you think that this is one particular area that's really been focused on looking at intelligence and gathering uh, information as to who do we conduct business and how do we go about it differently? Exactly. I mean, the whole reason really, or one of the key reasons FICA exists is to know your customer, know you know who you're in business with, understand their source of funds, looking for any political exposure and assessing that risk for the potential of them, ultimately money laundering, terrorist financing, because obviously you don't want your business to become embroiled with that. Mm. Um, so that's the whole reason that FICA exists when we go to a bank, you know, they ask all of our documents so they can do that work behind the scenes. The challenge we've got is a lot of companies on the front line, some of which have been responsible for doing FICA for a long time, haven't been doing that. And that's one of the findings that the fact have had was that we have ineffective supervision, especially around non-financial companies. So if we have a look at just attorneys, for example, um, they did just under a thousand inspections of attorney firms, the Financial um, Intelligence Center, and they found that 80% of legal practitioners were not being compliant with the FIC Act. Mm. It's a similar kind of story when you look at estate agents. Now, you might think money laundering is about money, but it's also about assets and things that are valuable. And what more you know, would somebody involved in financial crime like to do than to spend the money on an impressive house? Yeah. So there are challenges throughout the country, and it's not just the government that needs to do work, it's actually people on the front line. So that the FIC can then go and evidence to FATF that this, you know, the, the regulations we have, which are pretty effective, um, are actually being carried out on the ground. So I think that there's a huge push at the moment to get these accountable institutions, the companies that need to do FICA, to actually do the work. Only when we start doing that and showing mm-hmm. results, collecting the information, picking up suspicions, and those suspicions are reported to the Financial Intelligence Center by these accountable institutions, the FIC then use that information and then analyze it, and that's handed over to the prosecuting authority. So it really is a chain of action yeah. that has to happen before we can evidence that we've really got a grip on financial crime in this country. And as we wrap up our conversation, uh, Hawken, what's the role here of companies in the private sector? Because obviously this is not just a government's uh, task to carry out. Absolutely. I mean, as I said, you know, we really are relying on these companies on the front line, the estate agency attorneys, the banks, financial intermediaries, the crypto firms to really do the work to understand their customers and then report suspicions. I think the challenge we've got at the moment is there's a certain amount of apathy. You know, why am I going to bother to do all this legwork, all of this reporting when we're not seeing the prosecutions? But it's Mm. the chicken and egg story. If we don't do the work and report suspicions, there can't be prosecutions. So I think it's tempting for companies to see the money coming into their business and think, oh, why not? 
But unless we start doing the right thing, then we're going to be on this grey list a lot longer than we'd like to be. Hawken, thanks very much for your time. Really do appreciate Pleasure. your insights this afternoon. That's uh, Hawken uh, McEwen, Director of Risk and Compliance at DocFox. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.